the light of the world has come, and that is why we're here to celebrate. But I'm a practical girl. See, I don't think we can really understand light until we understand darkness, right? Have you looked around in our world lately? Have you seen any darkness, my friend? All right, now that's context enough, but I want to go back to a thing that happened to me a few years ago now. I was able to go to Belize. Have any of you been to Belize? Mission trip? Did you go on a mission trip? Any of you on a mission trip to Belize? Okay, some of you have been to Belize. Well, I went with some friends, and one of that day they slid a brochure across the table as we were having breakfast. And there on that brochure it said, Cave Tubing. Okay? They said, Carol, we want you to go cave tubing with us. I have never been cave tubing and didn't know what cave tubing was. But there were people smiling on the brochure. (laughs) And they had a tan. And they looked so happy. And I'm not one to pass up an adventure. So I said, absolutely, let's go cave tubing. So there we did. Get, Get on a bus. We went through Belize. We went around this windy road up to the top. And they set us out with an inner tube. (laughs) Now, I'm not talking a brand new inner tube. This inner tube looked like it had lived about four lives. There were patches all over my inner tube. I don't know why I didn't take note of that in the beginning, but I did not. That'll be important in a minute. (laughs) So I get my inner tube, and I make my way across the parking lot, and they say, we're going to get in the river right here. I said, okay, we're going to get in the river right here. And the, the guy that was with us said, you need to have some safety instructions. Well, let me go back to the brochure. It said, a lazy river experience. <laughs> have any of you ever been on a lazy river? Did you need a security breeding, briefing for that lazy river? Absolutely, you did not. You sit in a tube and you lazy river it. <laughs> you don't have to do anything, right? So I thought, well, a safety briefing, what's that all about? And so the guy gives these instructions, and I bet he knew that I was a troublemaker because he looked at me at the end and went, no, I'm serious. (laughs) I thought, okay. Well, then they made us sign a waiver. I thought, what in the world do we need a waiver for? And my friend said, it's just merely, it's just a formality. Really, it's just a formality. I don't, I won't tell you how good of friends we are now, but... So I signed the waiver thinking it's just a formality. They put us in the river, and it is bright sunshine. We're all just having the best time. And then they stop us. The guide stops us. And he said, okay, we're getting ready to go into the cave now. And I said, all right. And he said, you remember all those safety instructions I gave you? I meant them. I was like, okay, whatever. He said, no matter what, don't leave your tube. And I said, okay. He said, I'm serious. Like he knew I was a troublemaker or something, you know. And so here we go. We're floating down the river. The current picked us up. And it took us into the mouth of this cave. And just as soon as we went into the mouth of that cave, it took a sharp left. It was almost like a slide downhill. And we were floating along at a pretty good clip. But 30 seconds into that cave, I couldn't see anything. You know how when you get up in the middle of the night because you got to go to the bathroom and your eyes kind of adjust and then you can see things, you know? Or if you can't see them, you find them with your pinky toe. <laughs> I, I'm convinced that's why God gave us a pinky toe so we would know when stuff was out of place in our house. 
So anyway, we get into the, to the mouth of this cave, and I can't see anything. I have never seen darkness like this. Like, I held my hand up in front of my face. I couldn't even see my hand. I was like, I know it's there somewhere. But it was dark. And then I thought of a question. And I said, not really to anybody, are there any snakes in here? That was not on the brochure, by the way. And the guide said, well, we've never seen one. <laughs> you can't see nothing. <laughs> yep, I'm blind all the way to the brain. So here we are in the middle of this cave when I noticed something. Nobody was making a sound. Like before when we were in the river floating along, everybody's laughing, having just the best time. We got in the cave, nothing. Like it was silent. Like you could hear people near you floating around, but you couldn't really see them. So it's what I learned in this cave tubing experience of my life that I want to share with you today. Because I believe that we are living in a time of darkness. But y'all, the light of the world has come. And I don't know about you, but the people I've been around recently seem weighed down by the cares of life, weighed down by the pressure, weighed down by the media, weighed down by politics, weighed down by so many different things that we've forgotten the light of the world has come. See, when I went into that cave, nobody told me, hey, Carol, you ought to pick up a headlamp. If I'd have been a thinking person, I'd have got me a headlamp before I got in there. I thought back to the brochure. There was a picture from inside the cave. You could see the beautiful walls of the cave. I didn't think they probably had a light so they could take a picture. Nobody had a light except for our guides. There were three of them. There was about 20 to 30 of us in the... We started with 20 or 30. I'm not sure how many made it out. But three of the guides had headlamps. And let me just tell you, if you ever go on a cave tubing experience, which I'm pretty sure none of y'all will after today. <laughs> but if you ever go, get you a headlamp. The three guides had headlamps. And about halfway through, they switched them on. <laughs> You'd think with a headlamp, you could see everything. No, you can't. You can see about 12 inches in front of your head. But they carried the light into the cave. And I can't help but think that in a group this size, there are some of you that are being charged to carry the light into some dark places. It may be a dark workplace. It may be a dark family situation. It may be a, a dark community. But God has put the light in you. And you're being called to carry the light in there. You're being called to take what you know, that the light of the world that we celebrate today, the light of the world has come. John 1 says it this way, the light cannot be overcome by the darkness. And we've forgotten that. Because we look around at the world and everything seems so dark. And we're wondering where in the world is the light? You, my friend, are charged to carry the light. We got into that cave and you know what else happened? One of those guides got to a certain point in the river and stood up. You know what happens when you put light up high? 
you can see other things, right? Not only are you charged to carry the light, you are charged with holding up the light. And I'm probably going to make some of y'all mad right here, so just go ahead and get ready for it, okay? <laughs> so if on the way home you need to talk about me, that's all right. <laughs> totally okay with that. But when we hold up the light, it's got to be the authority. Higher than our political opinions. Higher than our social media status. Hello. Higher than our preferences. Higher than our opinions. See, what I fear that we do is that we carry the light into these places, but we refuse to put that light up where it belongs, and that's first place. When you hold something up, it means you're putting it in authority. And we've completely forgotten about God when it comes to authorities because what we think is the most important thing, and we're going to tell all the world about it. Can we just get back to when social media, you showed me what you fixed for supper? <laughs> I mean, can we? Seriously? And if you are a believer and you post... If you don't believe this way, then I don't want to be your friend anymore and I'm going to unfriend you. All right. <laughs> like, when did that become a thing? <laughs> Y'all, our differences. <laughs> God doesn't say just be one way and then you can come to me. No. He doesn't say you have to fit into this little box and then you can come to me. God's responsible for changing us. And the last time I checked, my life has not been changed by social media status. <laughs> like, y'all, did you see what was on Facebook? <laughs> changed my life. <laughs> no! <laughs> All right, let's just take a poll. Anybody's life been changed by Facebook? <laughs> not a hand in the building. Because we've forgotten to hold up the light. You know, when that, that guide stood up, number one, I didn't know you could stand up, McKay. That was another thing they didn't put on that brochure. <laughs> but when he stood up, it clarified a lot of things. You could all of a sudden see how high the ceiling was. You could see the water around. You could see that there was a little bit of an island there that he stood upon. You could see the other people around you. See, I believe... That God's truth, when we hold it up, it'll clarify a lot of this other junk for us. I believe when we put God in His rightful place on the throne of our lives, that a lot of this other stuff will fall into place. And I'm crazy enough to believe that the God who sent Jesus to die on a cross for you and me can change somebody's opinion. See, the Bible doesn't say they will know you are Christians by your Facebook status. Not even the message says that. <laughs> and just so you know, I checked before I said that. Because <laughs> sometimes it's a little creative there. It's time we get back to holding God's word up as the authority for our lives. See, the world is searching for hope, y'all. This is the best time to be alive. You know why I think that? Because people have been scared of a virus they can't see. 
And now they no longer have the argument, I can't believe in a God I can't see. I don't know. You got any unsaved friends or family members? I think now's the perfect time to bring it up. Probably not at Christmas. <laughs> don't go tell your... Carol told me to talk about this at Christmas. <laughs> right after you pass around the dress and we're going to address Jesus. But I believe that if we put God on his proper place on the throne of our lives that other people will be drawn to us. What does the Bible say? If I be high and lifted up, I'll draw all people to myself, right? It's not up to you or me. And see, we think we have to be the light. We get it mixed up. And some of us in this room today are war slap out because we're trying to be the light. We're trying to change people in our house. We're trying to change people in our family. We're trying to change everybody. We're trying to fix them all. It ain't your job, okay? I'm just going to release you from that right now in Jesus' name. You don't have to fix nobody. Because I'm going to tell you what's the truth. Can you imagine having me on your list? That's a lot of fixing. Hey, nobody should be charged with that. God alone can fix us. We've been trying to manufacture something plastic and something that we think we've got. No, it comes from spending time with Jesus. If you've got a difficult relationship in your family that you're going to have to face this Christmas season, you spend more time with Jesus and see if it doesn't make a difference. Because suddenly, it's not about you and your needs met and how they like you and whether or not they comment on your sweater. It's not about that. Because you've spent time with Jesus. You have him in the proper place in your life. And what happened in that cave that day is when that guide stood up, everybody moved closer to him because we were scared to death, honestly. <laughs> we didn't know what to expect or what was next. But when we hold the light up, y'all, and we say this is the authority, and we stop messing around trying to make it something else, people are going to be drawn to that. People are going to be drawn to Jesus because we've spent time with him. Spending time with Him is the most important thing you can do. It is. And I don't say that lightly because I know it's hard. There are a million different things that are vying for our attention these days. If you have kids, you got to run them. So I am in the stage of my life where I'm an unpaid Uber driver. <laughs> my kid is living her best life and I'm her ride. <laughs> it's true. I'm like, if we could put 100,000 miles on a car in one year, we're going to do it this year. Like, Because what we said during COVID is like, our schedule's clear now. We're not ever going to be that busy again. I think we made up for all that lost time we was at home this year. Like we just added it all on. We're going all the time. You know what changes that? When I spend time with Jesus. You know when it happens? At the dance studio. <laughs> I am pretty sure that no speaker at the Cove has ever said, I have my quiet time at the dance studio. <laughs> but you know, you got you to gotta take it where you can get it, right? So they're sitting in the dance studio, and then she'll get done with dance, and they'll be like, hey, darling, how are you? And she's like, have you been talking to Jesus again? Because <laughs> frankly, you scare me sometimes. I'm like, I know, we get together and we cause trouble, don't we? She's like, yeah. 
Like, it's serious. I know life is busy. I know you got a million things that you got to do. But I'm telling you, capture those moments because it will change your relationships. When we hold up the light, when we make it a priority, we don't have to go and carry the light into places and manufacture something and try to be somebody we're not and, and be joy. You know, nothing used to get on my nerves worse than somebody. Like, they would, honestly, you could run over their foot with a golf cart and be having that. I'm blessed. I'm like, no, you're not. Your foot's broke. <laughs> like, stop it with that business. I don't know where we came up with this idea that we can't be honest, y'all. God wants us to be honest. And honestly, I mean, just we're going to be honest. Y'all know me. I'm just honest. There are people who are dying and going to hell because we won't be honest. Because we won't say, you know what I struggle too? happened this past Friday. I was on the radio. Somebody sent me a text message. I do this thing called text of the day where I ask people just to sum up their morning in a text message. And so one person texted me and said, today I'm 21 days sober. And so I celebrated that on the air. Not 10 minutes after I had done that, I got a phone call. said, hello. Lady was bawling. She said, I'm a believer. And she said, my job got really stressful. And I decided that when I got home from work at night, I was going to have a glass of wine. And she said, a glass of wine turned into two glasses and three glasses and four glasses and then a bottle and then two bottles. And she said, I told the Lord this morning, I'm a fraud and I can't do this anymore. And she said, just that little thing that you said was God's message to me that, yes, I can. See, y'all. We come in here looking great and all put together and pretty, and that's fine. But when we stop being real and honest about the struggles that we go through in life, people can't relate. They walk into the, the doors of the cove or they walk into the doors of our churches and they look around and they go, mm, there's nobody like me here who struggles. And they walk right back out and they miss Jesus because we won't be honest. And so when we hold Jesus up, when we put God's word as the authority, it will draw people. It's one of the reasons that I think people listen to the radio. <laughs> because if anything, I'm honest. Good, bad, and ugly. Some of y'all been listening a while and you know some of it's been ugly. Because my life fell apart in front of all of you. And if you ever want to go through a struggle, just march your private pain across the public stage. And then you'll decide one of two things. Either this is the truth or it's the biggest lie I've ever believed in my life. I hung on to the truth with everything I had. And a lot of you saw me struggle through that. And I stand here today to say just like Job, God redeemed my life from the pit and I will live to enjoy the light. When we hold up the light, it helps us see clearly the things around us. So you're not only called to carry the light, to hold up the light, but you're called to share the light. And I have to be honest with you. This is something I didn't always take as seriously as I should have in my life as a Christian. Because some people will say, that's eh, not my thing. Because you know what, somebody, I said that one time to somebody went, hmm, not your thing. 
Okay, well, let's talk about that. Why is it not? Well, you know, I just don't want to offend anybody. I want everybody to like me. Oh, that's an idol. Hello? Uh, here's the place I'm going to make you mad. It wasn't the other place. It's this place. <laughs> so now you have two things to talk about when you get in the car. <laughs> so I said, it's not my thing, you know? Oh, Matthew 28, 19, beg to differ with you there. When Jesus' words says, go and make disciples. So, just want to put something in front of you here. What if you had the cure to cancer? And you're like, that's ah, just not my thing to be the smartest guy in the room. I think I'm going to keep this to myself. You know, I'll just go to my friends and family and people I love. But I'm not going to make a big deal about that. I don't want all the media attention. You know, I don't want to save the world. I just want to. That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? My friend, you have the light of the world. It is your job. Because, see, the most loving thing that you can do for people in your life is tell them the truth. If you aren't willing to tell them the truth, you don't love them. you got to tell them the truth. I believe my charge now is to tell as many people as I can of the night and day difference that Christ made in my life. Sometimes I think that we can get so insulated in our Christian circles that we forget that we're supposed to look around and say, you know what, I don't know how to help you, but I know the one who does. I don't know how to fix your marriage, but I know the one who does. I don't know how to fix your job situation, your financial crisis, but I know the one who does. See, if we really want to love people, it's our job to share the light. I don't tell you that to offend you, but I tell you that because I believe our time is very short. I mean, if you read the Bible and believe what it says, and then you, I don't, do they even print newspapers anymore? Do they print newspapers? Not very many. So if you read the Bible and then read the news online, or read the news on Facebook, I'm beating up on Facebook today, aren't I? Okay, sorry about that. If you put those two things next to each other, I don't believe we have very long. So, if today, was, if today could be the day, if they raised up these blinds and we could see across the sky this afternoon and there was a cloud there, today could be the day. Is there somebody that you're like, man, I got to tell them. I got to tell them. If God is bringing somebody to your mind right now, I'm going to challenge you. If I hadn't already made you mad. But even if I have made you mad. Because the people who have loved me most have made me mad at times in my life. Because they've been willing to tell me the truth. Greatest gift that's ever been given to me. And I see some of you nodding around the room. You're like, man, I was in a mess. And somebody came to me and said, you got to stop it. And you pouted for a long time. <laughs> you did. But then you realize they were right. 
The greatest gift we can give one another is to tell each other the truth. And if you love somebody today, I used to think that if I didn't know all the right verses or if I couldn't answer all their questions, I used to like come up with a whole list of excuses why I wasn't going to share with them Jesus. Anybody ever done that or I'm the only one? Okay, there's a few of us in here. Come up with a whole list of excuses. Okay, you know what? It's okay to say I don't know. But I'll go find the answer and I'll come back and tell you when I do. But y'all, people are dying daily. Chances are in a room this size that this Christmas looks different for you than it has in years past because somebody is missing. Chances are in a room this size that there's somebody who went unexpectedly in your life this past year. So I believe we've got to take every opportunity. Matthew 5, you remember the song from when we were kids. When we have a light, we don't hide it under a bushel. No! I'm going to let it shine, right? God says a city on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they do what? See your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. It is time for us to get serious about the Great Commission and to start telling people, no, I'm not the answer to your problems because I believe a lot of times that's what we want to be. And can I offend you one more time? You are beautiful people, but you're terrible saviors. (laughs) I can only say that because I'm a terrible savior too. And a lot of us want to fix it. We're fixers. That's who we are as women. But I think it's high time that we start believing God to fix it instead of trying to play God and fix it. So is there somebody in your life, somebody that God is bringing to your mind, somebody that needs to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus this holiday season? Today, as we celebrate the light of the world, every time that you see Christmas lights for the rest of this Christmas season, I want you to think of these things. It's my job to carry the light. It's my job to hold up the light. And it's my job to share the light. Because if we don't get serious about those three things, darkness is going to increase. It's probably going to increase anyway. But you know what the cool thing about being in that cave and going cave tubing that day, if all of us would have had lights, we could have seen everything. Everything would have been clear. Everybody would have had a headlamp on in there. There would have been no fear because why? The light clarifies. And Jesus, the light of the world, the light that can't be overcome by darkness, the light that we hold up, the light that we put in authority in our lives, the light that draws all men to himself is the light that we're called to shine. And when we do that, things are clarified. Our vision clears. The things that were so important before aren't that important anymore. And so my prayer for you is that you would be a carrier of light. You would be a woman who holds up the light and a woman who shares the light. Because if this room right here gathered at the Billy Graham Training Center at the Cove, if we got those three things right, it would set the world 
on fire. People be like, I don't know what happened in Asheville that day, but something did. <laughs> right? God doesn't just call us to be passive watchers of this world and to sit back. Every word in this scripture is true. He didn't save you just to put you on a shelf. He didn't save you just to have you sit on the sidelines and watch. <laughs> he saved you because you have a story to tell. A story of the night and day difference that he made in your life. And in a room this size, if we all went around and asked if we could share our story, there would be countless numbers of you who could tell of the night and day difference. You don't even look like the same person you did before you came to know Christ. And so I'm going to ask you right now to bow your heads, close your eyes, nobody looking around. I don't want to assume in a room this size that everyone who is here is a believer. And so believers, if you're in the room today, I want you to just be praying right now, okay? So you came today because a friend invited you. You've never been here before. And you don't know for sure. You've never asked Jesus to be your Savior. It's real simple. We try to make it real complicated. But here's how it goes. You admit that you are a sinner. God, I've messed up. I've done things wrong. I've done things to hurt my family and my friends. I've done things to hurt you. And I admit that I'm a sinner. And you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave and will return for us. And then you confess him as Lord. That's all. That's it. And so today could be a monumental day. You will celebrate Christmas as you've never celebrated before if today you would say yes to Jesus. And so if that is where you are today, you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior. I'm going to ask you just to open your eyes and to make eye contact with me. If that is your prayer today, you want to ask Jesus to be your Savior. Nobody's looking around. Never ask Jesus to be your Savior. And you want to do that today. Anybody in the room? I see you. Thank you. Anybody else? You want to say, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I believe you. I believe Jesus died on the cross. I see you. Thank you. I just want to confess that you are Lord of my life. I want to put you in authority. That's your prayer. Just lift your head. Look at me real quick. And then there are others of you who have been believers for many years. But honestly, you've let popular opinion, you've let politics, you've let the divisions in our world, you've let other things crowd your view. And you say today, in my heart, I want to get back to Jesus being my authority. I want to hold him up higher than ever before so that everybody's drawn to him. If that is your prayer today, would you just lift your eyes and look at me? Nobody looking around. I see you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. 
I appreciate your honesty. Thank you. I thank you. Thank you. I see you. Yes. Yes. And then believers in the room, I'm going to ask you to do something bold. (laughs) I'm going to ask you to go out on a limb here. I'm going to ask you to do something maybe you've never done before. If you would commit to sharing Jesus with one person in this Christmas season, if you're like, I totally need to share my faith. There's somebody in my life that needs to hear God's truth. And today, God's been pounding on my heart and saying, it's time. If you'd commit to sharing the gospel with one person this Christmas season, would you just look at me real quick? Eyes all over. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. All over the room. God bless you. Thank you. See you up there. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Lord Jesus, your word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to get to the intents of our heart. You know us better, and yet you chose to send Jesus to come and to save us. The light of the world has come, and Lord, may it be our prayer that because you redeemed us and you redeemed our life from the pit, we will live to enjoy the light of your presence. Lord, for those in the room who for the first time tonight, God prayed that you would be their Savior, Lord. I pray that you would meet them. I ask that you'd make them bold enough to share that with somebody today. I thank you, God, that you are a God who constantly welcomes, just like Scott and Amy sang just a couple of minutes ago, you call us to come all who are weary and heavy laden, to come and you'd give us rest. God, I pray for my sisters in the room who we've just, we've just grown lax in our relationship with you and we've made the other things in life the authority. God, and today they want to commit to making you the authority, you the most important thing. Thank you, God, for that. I pray that you'd give them strength and grace and and the ability to hold you up high in their homes, in their lives, in their workplaces, in their communities, God. And for those who lifted their eyes and said, I'm just going to commit to sharing the gospel and sharing what Jesus has done in my heart and life with one person this holiday season, Lord, I pray that you'll just put a rock in their shoe and you'd give them divine encounters so that they can share that the light has come. Lord, thank you for being in our midst today. We love you. We celebrate your birth, but we also celebrate that you grew into a man and that you gave your life so that I could be free, God. Thank you for that. Your love changes everything. May it continue to change us, Lord. That is our prayer, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 